Hello, and welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, conversations about impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose, even more than your why. Impact is where your unique self and business meet the world and contribute to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Kate Ekman. Kate is the author of The Full Spirit Workout and leverages her experience as a well-known communications, performance, and mindfulness expert, accomplished entrepreneur, and elite athlete to equip leaders with the tools, methodology, and energetic boost they need to excel. Welcome to the podcast, Kate. I'm delighted to have you here. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So I really enjoyed reading your book and, um, it's one of the things that really popped out for me is this process of strengthening your confidence. I know this is part of your full spirit workout. So um, in an interview, you said that uh, the root of the word confidence is trust. And can you talk a little bit about that? And, and what does confidence mean for you? And um, how can we work on developing it? It's such a crucial trait to have as an entrepreneur, certainly, but just in general. Absolutely. And I was so relieved and also got a little bit of the chills when I discovered that confidence stems from the words to trust, to Mm. do something with trust, because the good news about that is that it's something that we can learn and build upon and continue to leverage again and again, and it doesn't cost any money. You know, we don't have to have a a PhD from Harvard. It's something that we all have access to. And I studied confidence and and leveraging confidence to accelerate leadership development extensively when I was getting my master's degree at Columbia University, because I was seeing the effects of poor leadership all around me Mm -hmm. from the highest level and, and countries to, you know, a mom and pop shop to even within, you universities and and households, quite frankly. And so I was really passionate about this topic because I I see so many people and I work with so many people who are experiencing the success on the outside, but are filled with anxiety and insecurity and self-doubt. And so the success doesn't even mean that much to them, or they're not impacting or uplifting or energizing the people around them, their, their team members or family members feel disconnected. And so I recognize this quite frankly, because uh, I was this person as well. And and so it it was passionate to me, but in my research, I I came up with the five P's of confidence and, and they are presence as in be fully present with whomever you're with, even if it's just yourself, put the distractions away, be all there and having that presence showing up like you mean it. And you have something to say, Patience is the next one. This is illustrated by one of my favorite stories from 20 years ago when I was watching the Grammy Awards and country singer Shelby Lynn won Best New Artist. And Mm -hmm. when she accepted her award, she said, it only took me 13 years and six albums to get here. (laughs) And and (laughs) the only speech from any award show I've ever remembered the words to, it really, really struck me because there is that notion of 
oh, this woman just started doing music last year and she's already winning a Grammy. I've been overnight success. Right. So patience, you know, I'm into my etymology. Patience stems from the word uh, for suffering, the Latin word for suffering. So that's why we struggle with being patient because we're suffering while we wait for the thing that we want, but Mm. keep putting one foot in front of the other. That is that trust and surrender muscle that we're beefing up there. Mm. The next P is purpose. Why is this important to you? And the days where you can't show up for yourself and want to throw in the towel, show up for your family or your organization or a cause greater than you. When you have a strong why, you will be able to keep going and fulfill your goal. The next is preparation. When we're prepared, we build better behaviors, which lead to better habits, which lead to improved outcomes and results that boost sure. our confidence. Yeah. And the fifth one is practice. And, and I always think of Tom Brady when I think of practice. You know, he and I were both Big Ten athletes at the same time. Mm. He's still winning Super Bowls. My <laughs> knees hurt when I go to Pilates. So I bow down <laughs> to you, Tom Brady. But that's a testament to a man who practices and he trains harder than anyone, not because he's the worst, but because he's the best. So Hmm. our talent merits investment, whatever your Super Bowl is, you know that you have to put in some reps and practice. No one can do the reps for you. As you know, just like in physical exercise, you got to be willing to sweat. And I'd love to share two bonus P's that have emerged a little bit later and and pause. and, And that's really a cornerstone of the full spirit workout. It's about non-reactivity and and stillness and that calm confidence from within that no one can ever take from you, the confidence that can weather any storm. So before you want to respond to that nasty email, take a pause. Before you tell that jerk that they're really being a jerk, take a pause knowing that what you say in the heat of the moment could damage the relationship forever. Mm -hmm. So really taking that, that moment. And, and the last one makes me smile so big and it's person as in be a person. My speaking coach, Eduardo Placer always says this to me because I'm someone who struggles with this obsession of performance and perfectionism. And he always just says, just be a freaking person and, and our humanity and, and who we are is, is relatable and lovable. And when we're being a bit flawed and messy, that's our, that's, our authenticity and something that really resonates with everyone. So that's the full spirit in a, in a nutshell too, is really the courage to be who we are, not just that polished person that we present to the world in the pretty package, but that messy person behind the scenes, just trying to keep it all together. Yeah. Well, uh, in the book, you talk about, um, doing your job versus a perfect performance. And you told a story about doing some uh, coach, being coached around speaking and the talk that you gave. Can you tell us a bit more about that? I, I mean, I really related to that because I'm always trying to give the best possible performance and uh, it's actually good enough to just do your job. Yeah. And that really speaks to the whole notion of, of that bonus P of being a person. And I was giving this speech. It was the first time I, I gave it. And, and something that I suffer from that I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people suffer from is 
we all want to be 10 steps ahead of where we are. Or we want to <laughs> right. deliver the quote unquote, perfect performance. No such thing exists. And when we are dwelling in the space of just being a person and focusing on connection rather than perfection, that's when we really get to shine. And when people really see us and, and, and see themselves in us. And yeah, I gave this speech. I, it, I was a 15 minute speech I put together in a couple of days. And the first time I delivered it and, and, and right after when I finished, I had that thing of, oh, you didn't nail it. And, and even the, the camera operator came over to me to remove my mic afterwards and was like, oh my gosh, that was so amazing. This, that, and oh, the other. Yeah. And I couldn't accept her compliment. And I think mm. I probably offended her. And I was like, oh, I messed that one part up. And it, I was in that space of I'm not good enough. It wasn't good enough, which right. is a really icky space to be in. Well, you and can't then, receive you know, what she had to offer in that moment either, because you're in that space. Yeah, which is so upsetting, right? And so I, I think the good news is I at least called myself out on that. But at, at the end of the the event, this woman in the audience came up to me and, and said, you know, had her hand on her heart and said, thank you so much. You opened my heart. You awakened my heart. And mm. I, I just got tears in my eyes because that was that's that's my original medicine, my special sauce, my X factor, if you will, is this ability to open people's hearts. And even my friends call me the open heart surgeon. And <laughs> in that moment, I realized I had done my job and it's not your job to be perfect. It's your job to identify your original medicine, your special sauce, and then put that on display. And, and so I realized even if it was just that one person, I had done my job because I opened at least one heart that evening. Yeah. Well, uh, you and I have something in common. I, uh, that original medicine idea in speaking is, comes from Gail Larson and, and yes. I've, I've done a, a weekend workshop with her as well. She's an amazing speaking coach, just incredible. She is incredible. I absolutely love that you've worked with her and, and thank you. Cause yeah, I give her the shout out in my book and she was mm -hmm. kind enough to endorse my book. And that was such a beautiful discovery. And I invite everyone to you know, work with yourself or a partner or a coach and come up with what Gail does term. It is her terminology, come up with your own original medicine. And, or as I like to say, you know, identify and leverage your strengths and that will keep you going. And then you're focusing on, on your gifts rather than your perceived flaws and limitations. Yeah. Well, something you touched on in telling us that story about your, your, um, giving that talk is the discomfort of vulnerability. I mean, you're doing something for the first time. You're not sure whether it really is as good as you could have done it. And I think that comes into play in confidence as well, in the sense that you have to be able to deal with feeling vulnerable. Would you agree? 100%. And I think even writing and now publishing and, and doing the press for this book is such a perfect example. Even, you know, you do all this work and then it's like, oh my gosh, now I need to speak so publicly about it. And especially right before I started doing press, I was in that space of just feeling a little bit of, of fear and angst and a little bit of what will people think, you know, I'm sharing, not that I really cared so much, but I'm like, I'm sharing stories that even my best friends don't know. And my darkest moments and every day, I just felt like I had this vulnerability hangover. But I think the lesson in that for everyone is that all of that goes away. The, you know, so many women, especially talk about the imposter syndrome and, and the best part about just showing up, even when you're scared or you don't think you are like, oh my gosh, 
I can't even talk about this. I'm so triggered or so exhausted or overwhelmed, but when you are willing and willing is one of my favorite words is when we are willing to show up and do our best and have fun, everything falls into place. And yes, you might still have the vulnerability hangovers or moments, but there's no longer this question of what will people think, or can I do it? Because you don't care what people think because you're, you're daring to put yourself out there. And if other people aren't daring to put themselves out there, who, who cares what they think? Quite frankly, I say (laughs) that with love, um, tough love, and it's no longer, can I do this? because you are doing it and it just gets easier and easier. And then every time I do interviews now, I'm not thinking about any of that. All I'm thinking about is connecting with the person I'm talking to, which is you and connecting with your audience who I I can't see right now, but really wanting them to feel seen and heard and acknowledged. And I want people to feel less alone in this world. I've often just felt so alone in my decisions, whether it's deciding not to be married or have children, for instance, or things like that and, or, or, or choosing to be incredibly candid and raw and vulnerable, which scares the hell out of a lot of people, but <laughs> it's true. I, I have to honor myself and my truth. And the more you do that, all the other stuff falls away. And the best part is you connect with, and you attract people who love your realness and rawness and vulnerability. And, and so you're able to connect with people on a deeper level. Mm, absolutely. Well, a lot of what we've been talking about and you, even your building blocks of confidence and vulnerability as well. I think of all those things in the context of leadership as being important. You're a leadership coach and What do you think of when I say impactful leadership? What does that look like? Yeah, what a great question. And it's something that, you know, because I I am working with people on this. And what I'm finding is, is that obviously people are in these leadership roles for a reason. They're, They're highly skilled, highly intelligent, highly educated, have worked very hard. But I, I'm seeing the common thread of they're struggling with confidence. They're struggling with communication. They're struggling with, Um, communicating in a way that feels genuine and authentic versus, oh, I'm just talking to this person because I have to, and it feels disingenuous. And so people are struggling with setting kind, but firm boundaries with team members or with clients or vendors. And so I think in terms of leadership, it's, it's getting really clear on what your goals are and mapping those out. But also, you know, when people talk about I'm struggling with time management, for instance, I, I, so I just do everything myself and I'll ask them, well, what is, what is the cost of doing everything yourself? And there's a long list of costs with doing everything yourself. And I say, okay, what's the benefit of doing everything yourself and not reaching out for help or support? And they'll sit there and they think it's a right or wrong answer or there's something correct to say, which there never is, but they're just, they sit there and rack their brain. And then they're like, I don't see any benefit in doing it all myself and not asking for support. (laughs) So I think a good thing to, to ask yourself with all of this is um, really determining the costs and benefits and, and really deciding who do I want to be in this moment? What characteristics or strengths can I embody or leverage? And then going back to that, that you know, five P's of confidence, the purpose um, aspect, because research shows that all of our motivation for change happens in our why. You can't just go from the what, the problem to the how, the solution. You may, you know, be able to dial it in briefly, but to actually change behavior and to actually lead with confidence effectively over the long term, you've got to really narrow in on your why. Mm, 
I completely agree. That's the whole basis of the work I do with people around impact. So I couldn't agree with you more. Um, one of the things you talk about in the book is having a to-be list instead of a to-do list. What do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, I love that because everyone's so daunted by their to-do list. And yeah. before I get to the to-be list, I'll just say too, recently I've come up with clients, we're, we're creating not to-do lists or a to-don't <laughs> list. because. I, I'm finding myself <laughs> saying to a lot of clients, do you really need to be in all of these meetings? Or how about putting that on your not to do list and, and right. giving it to your assistant or a direct report or something like that. But a to be list is who do you want to be today? And I, I choose five words. So let's say it's confident, joyful, resilient, silly, um, appreciative. And then you go about your day and you implement those characteristics and you embody those characteristics. And it's a really fun and playful way to be more productive, be more creative, connect more deeply with the people around you or even just yourself and, and bringing more fun and, and pleasure and joy into life and more um, deliberate conscious choices rather than just mindlessly going through the tasks and um, really not enjoying your day, quite frankly, or starting to feel like the hamster on the wheel or groundhog's day. This really switches it up and you can choose different words every day. Mm, yeah. So good. Um, I love that. And that not to do list. <laughs> that is fantastic. What a great idea. Um, well, I, I know that uh, something else that you get into is, is uh, this idea of the anxious brain versus the curious brain. And as someone who, uh, you know, I, I feel anxious sometimes about, you know, am I doing this right? Is this good enough? All of those sorts of feelings. Um, and when I'm in that state, I think this is true for most people, it's really hard to make good choices and to uh, step into your confidence and your uh, being the way that you want to be. So how do you make that shift from an anxious brain to what you call the curious brain, which I love that. Yeah. These are researchers whose names are escaping me in, in the moment. So I apologize to them, but, but it is in my book. They're properly cited, but this is something I, I learned getting my master's degree in coaching. And, and it is that idea, quite frankly, we live in our anxious brain the majority of the time. So this is being conscious when we're doing that, let's say you have a big presentation coming up and your, your anxious brain is, are people going to like this? Am I good enough? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I start sweating and people can see me sweating? What if everyone hates this anxious brain, ick, not doing anything good for us. So when you're in that space, notice it, and then switch into your curious brain that says something like, Hmm, what need to rehearse with me before I give this presentation so I can really make sure I'm getting my point across or, you know, really get into that what if questioning, that's a great reframing tool or, hmm, how can I best serve the people today? Let me focus on ways that I can be of service. You know, just really getting into a place of curiosity, like, hmm, I'm noticing that I'm a little anxious right now. I wonder what that's about. Oh, it's because I really value excellence and I strive for, um, you know, a spirit of mastery in what I do. And so, this is important to me. I care. And then it's more curious, like, Hmm, you know, just having more, I think, compassion and grace for ourselves, but asking yourself those curiosity questions. Another anxious brain is, Oh my gosh, why am I living in this house? I hate it here. And I can't get anything done here. It's like, Whoa. So going into, 
hmm, I wonder why the universe has put me in this particular home in this particular city at this time. I wonder hmm. what this is here to teach me. What can I learn from being here? I bet I can really grow by stepping out of my comfort zone in this way. Hmm. I'm going to explore that. Yeah. I'm, I mean, all good things to be thinking about. And um, I, one of the things you mentioned is really thinking about how can you be of service in a certain situation and come at it from that perspective. And I, um, towards the end of the book, you re really get into some social justice issues and racism and really being of service with your impact is an important part of, of uh, I think, having that impact in the world. Yeah, I, I think this notion of it's, it's all about us and, you know, it's just only important that I reach my goals is, is I don't even want to say so 20 years ago. I don't think it was ever in style. I think it is <laughs> no. a symptom of our culture, quite frankly. Mm. But that's another thing that I'm noticing, not just with myself, but all the people I work with and even just seeing a, a symptomatic of, of when I look around in the world, because you can have all the shiny objects and all the things and have achieved everything that society says you need to achieve to feel worthy, valuable, loved, et cetera. And then you still don't feel fulfilled. And I've been there. Uh, my clients have been there. Clients who have, I mean, I work with a billionaire who is just now he's moving into, I don't care about, I mean, I care about these deals, but what does this all mean? And yeah. I don't want another or need another mansion or this or that. And he's really just focused on his legacy. And I think that mm -hmm. if, if you're doing well, but the people around you, whether it's family, friends, society are suffering, at least for me, I have a hard time really thriving in that because for me, it's important that not only do I do well, but I want everyone around me to do well too. And, yeah. and what do you want to be known for? And, and that's why you do see a huge difference from a Dolly Parton, for example, versus a, a, a Kim Kardashian. And I, you know, everyone hates the car. Well, a lot of people do not like the Kardashians. They don't bother, you know, good for them. And I appreciate the, the social justice work that Kim is doing, but Dolly Parton, for instance, she gives away all her money or, or she's, you know, comes up, she's part of this COVID-19 vaccine yeah, rather than extraordinary. just, right. So I think yeah. Those are celebrities because everyone is familiar with them. But, you know, do you want to be Dolly Parton or do you want to be Kim K? And you're like, I don't want to be either. But you, you get what I'm saying. And I think when when you can really focus on the people around you, just how it works, I'm just I'm just thought everyone would like to know in case they've forgotten. But when you have that mindset and focus, you automatically attract the opportunities and experiences and the money that you seek, because that's just that's just how it works when you're other focused and you're not so obsessed with what can I get? You're, you're more concerned with what can I give? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, it does shift your whole perspective and it, it helps you get past some resistance that you might have to doing what's actually good for you. I find that an enormous motivator. And um, so I, how do you develop the emotional muscles to get through this. I mean, you have the, you have your big vision, you have a way that you want to be of service, but that requires some emotional work in order to, to get past the obstacles that might come up. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, this is absolutely a practice. It is like physical exercise. You can't just go once and expect to be fit <laughs> or you can't say, you know, well, 
I've got, I've got my six pack abs. Now I don't have to work out ever again. And I wouldn't know I've never had six pack abs, but I know people who do (laughs) and they live at the gym. So, um, I, I think it really is deciding what's important to you and, and why right now, and then really managing that emotional gravity, like the stress and the fear, anxiety, comparison, judgment, notice that you're doing it, notice that, and how it's affecting you. And then going within and doing these, these exercises that I've laid out in the book and and the journaling and the meditations and the coach Kate check-ins, because I know not everyone can afford executive coaching, but this really starts with asking yourself or working with a coach who's going to ask you powerful questions that get really to the heart of who you are. It's questions you probably never have been asked before or Mm -hmm. have thought about or reflected on before, but this is when you start to transform on the inside. You start becoming the person who can achieve your goals rather than striving to force or control or make anything happen. You're now in a place of attraction because you've done that inner work. And, And I know a lot of people pay lip service to this and post the quote on Instagram, but we have to actually believe the words that we're saying, and and we have to actually do the work. And I think why people don't want to do the work, especially consistently is because it's, it's painful as you know, and it's uncomfortable. And we have Mm -hmm. to look at parts of ourselves that may not be that pretty, but this is where life gets really juicy and, and you grow into this most self-actualized version of yourself. And, um, it it is the most rewarding experience. It's the, I think really privilege of a lifetime to really get to know ourselves and, and, and be at our best. Um, I think so many of us are guilty of just exercising such a small percentage of our potential. Mm, Absolutely. It's, and it's, I love that you framed it as as a privilege of a lifetime to really go deep into all that you can be, that self-actualization. And um, I, I think one of the quotes in your book that I was so struck by that really captures the equanimity that comes out of that is being okay if it happens and okay if it doesn't is a very powerful place to be. Mm. Ooh. That is an amazing statement. And I have experienced that, but not that often. So talk about that and and what that means to you. Yeah, this is actually a a quote that that came to me after I had just faced another really painful rejection. And it, it actually, the rejection was this book deal and it was the 11th hour, this, you know, dream publisher at the you know, like I said, 11th hour, um, turned me down and my agent called to deliver the news and sounded just as deflated as I felt. And I was, I was, I was angry for a moment. I'm going to be totally candid. I was frustrated. And I remember sitting in my apartment and, and looking up at, at God and the angels, you know, I, I took on this project for Sam and Roth, who are my, my two angels who both died by suicide in one year. And, Mm you know, I looked up at them and I was just like, you know what? I took on this project for you guys. I don't even have time to write a book right now. This is so much work. I've spent, you know, just so much blood, sweat, and tears, all the things. And I'm like, if you want me to do this, you figure it out. I'm done. And it was that (laughs) moment of such surrender. Um, 
because it, it was a long daunting process and I'm not writing about cupcakes and, and rainbows. It's, it's, Great. it's heavy subject matter at times. I'm talking about suicide prevention awareness and, mm-hmm. and, and mental health and, and talking about my, my deepest, darkest times and struggles. And, you know, I went to get, um, my, my go-to comfort meal and in New York, I got my, you know, um, Malta Bucciano red wine and, and my margarita <laughs> pizza. And I was sitting there and I was, I was in a place of willing to listen to God and the angels. Cause I just had some choice words for them. And that's when I heard that being okay, if it happens and okay, if it doesn't, and a, is a very powerful place to be. And it just, I didn't just understand it until intellectually, I, I felt those words in my bones. And that's where wisdom lives. It's, it's only rumor until it lives in your bones, which is a famous saying by, um, by a native American tribe. And it, I just thought, yes. And then I, I released all the stress and pressure and frustration. And I thought I, I, I not, I didn't think I knew I'm like, this is going to happen. This is a divine assignment. That's meant to be in the world. I don't care when or how it happens anymore because I know it will. And I was in that place of complete surrender. Mm. And two weeks later, I was on the phone with my publisher, uh, Georgia and new world library and, and my agent, Wendy and, and got the book deal for the book that everyone is now reading. And it does happen that fast. It does feel like magic, but it isn't, but these practices work if you do, but like I said, you can't just understand something intellectually. You have to move that intellect down into the wisdom in your body and then implement it with your hands. But the results are, are so worth it. Mm-hmm. I love that these practices work. If you do, that's such a good acknowledgement of it's not about kicking back in your uh, barca lounger and waiting for things to fall in your lap. It's also about the work involved. And that's what you talk about in the book is developing these practices. And I, I love that you included spiritual elements in the book. And, and of course, it's in the title. But also, you know, signs from the universe, seeking out symbolism, and then and also affirming your the way you talk about affirmations, which at times I, I I'm like you, I am not keen on those affirmations of I am healthy when you're you know in bed with surrounded by right. Kleenex and the way your approach to that I found so helpful. Can you tell us more about that. Yeah, I think it's, again, it's our, our willingness. And there's even a spiritual principle that says from the course of miracles that says our, our good intentions are not enough. Mm-hmm. Our willingness is everything. So even instead of saying, I'm so confused, it's more of, I'm, I'm willing to seek clarity in this moment. It, it is about that willingness. And yeah, it certainly isn't about lying to ourselves, but it's, you know, even in bed and you're not feeling well, but I'm open and willing to healing and health and um, moving through this. And I, I had this man a few weeks ago, which I loved, especially when men do this work, it, it, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, this is it's just women doing these the personal growth. And <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm so happy that more and more men are open to this. I'm, I'm working with a lot of men right now who they'll even say to me, you know, cause I talk about my mind, body, spirit approach. And they say, you know, I, I'm not really into that, but I'm open or I'm willing or they just appreciate a fresh perspective. And, and that's, that's all anyone needs is to be open to it and then let it come in. And, you know, we're all spiritual beings. We all have this gift of intuition that most people aren't tapping into or using for whatever reason. And so I think just your openness, your willingness. And again, I'm seeing it from 
people you would never think of, you know, certain types of businessmen or like the private equity space. And it's, it's bringing me so much joy. And I think part of it is just my excitement in it, or they, they don't even know what it is, but they're like, you're the most joyful, energetic, enthusiastic <laughs> person I've ever met. It's great. What is that? So I think with some people, it's, it's that when Harry met Sally moment of I'll, I'll have what she's having. please. <laughs> and so I think just explaining, you know, and you have to be careful what language you use, things like that. But I think people are just willing because people want to feel good. People know that success is, is joy and is energy and is enthusiasm. Um, but I, I think that when these affirmations, oh, but that's what the man was saying to me is that, you know, this book is worth its weight in gold just for the affirmations at the end of each chapter mm-hmm. to really, he said, I've, I've bookmarked them and, and read them every day because it really grounds a new mentality and perspective into your body. So So good living your life from this place. And we're quite simply, we're changing our default setting, our default settings, because we're plugged into our society is I'm not good enough. This sucks. This is hard. Only these people are successful. I can't do it. Ick. So we're, we're consciously (laughs) unsubscribing from that and plugging into I am so powerful. And I know that I can do whatever I decide is important enough wow. How about living your life from that space? I think your life is going to look and feel a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. Woo. Yeah. So good. Well, it's great to hear that uh, people who even are, uh, whether they're men or not, even if they're initially skeptical, they see the results in you and they, they read the stories and they, they can see that there's something in it that they want to explore and they're open to it. It's fantastic. Well, we often have a roller coaster relationship with feeling good about ourselves, our businesses, our impact. I think entrepreneurs certainly go through that. Um, and I, I was so um, taken by something you said in the book. It's you, you had a, a realization that it's no longer okay to just trust mm. part of the time. You have to have full time faith. Tell us more about that. You are, you are my kindred spirit. You're just, (laughs) um, yes, this, this was another, this was another thing because I have spent the time becoming more practiced at listening. And you do that by, you know, sitting in a room quietly alone, distraction free, which scares Mm -hmm. the hell out of a lot of people. But one of the most powerful things you can do, um, it's absolutely free. We all have access to this. And, and that was a moment of when I was in my, what I call sit and stare time where I'm just processing and reflecting. And I was in a place of, you know, spinning a little bit and, you know, you get that place, like, you know, again, you want your thing. We want our things and we want them right now. (laughs) And it was, you know, what's up with the rejections or the setbacks and, and all this stuff. I'm working so hard. And I heard a voice and it wasn't even trying to be like polite or quiet with me. It was a loud, almost yelling and it set and very forceful, but out of love, it was God, spirit, spirit guides, whatever you want to call it. And it was my higher wisdom. And it said, it is no longer to just trust part of the time. You have to have full-time faith. And I was, I almost fell off the couch and it was like, yeah. oh, wow, hello. But I love that. And it's so true because think of anything you do. Think of, think of your favorite artist, entertainer, athlete. They don't rehearse or practice part-time or every now and then they're mm-hmm. full-time athletes. All of us who 
want to pay our bills, we have full-time jobs. <laughs> you can't just work. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, depending on what you do, you can't just work every now and then and, and expect to achieve any level of success or financial independence. And so the same with our, our faith muscle, it, it has to be a full-time job. I'm not saying that is easy. It is not, but it is that commitment. And when I'm in that place, it makes all the other tasks and, and physical things that I do that much easier because I don't have to try so hard because I, I recognize I'm not doing this all on my own. There is mm. a power far greater than me working behind the scenes full-time, whether we choose to believe it or not. I choose to believe if you don't believe in God, I I'm sure you believe in nature and the divine wisdom of nature that turns an acorn into an oak tree, the flowers bloom and grow on their own. They're right. not competing with the flowers next to them. The <laughs> sun isn't in competition or jealous of the rainbows or the moon. Everyone is shining in their own glory. So I think we have a lot to learn from, from nature. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'd, I'd love to kind of wrap up with a couple of questions that are really getting into the nitty gritty of business. And uh, let's start with making money. You said at one point you, you told some stories about, um, you know, your income being a little up and down. And you, you said, I didn't realize my fears and insecurities were what was blocking me from receiving abundance. How did you get past these periods of income drop? Yeah, I, I really, again, it was my willingness and I even started to change my mentality. And I know this sounds kind of silly, but I mean, I, I just think I would walk around New York city and, and just be say to myself, I have more money than I know what to do with. And I could literally feel the universe up there. Like better give her more money than she knows what to do with. And people say, well, that doesn't work. And of course I was still taking the action steps, but whether you think that works or not, I think that you, that puts you in a much more powerful state and vibration than walking around thinking, how am I going to pay my bills or I can't do this. And something that I love is, is you know, I, I, the spirit, God, again, whatever you want to call this force, it, it knows how much your rent is every month or how much your mortgage is. And so when I think you choose to be in this space of, I am cared for, I am supported. I am always being guided. That's what you're attracting because that's what you're thinking of all day. If all day you're thinking of, I have, I have so much money. Now I'm not saying that I have multi-millions of dollars yet, um, but it doesn't matter. And I don't, I don't need that much money. <laughs> you know, I would, I would give, I would give a lot of it. So I'll say, I, I, I do need that money. I will give it all away. Right, um, not right. all of it, but a lot of it. Um, and I think that's too, with our intentions. And I think I look at the people who don't have pure intentions. And I think you're, you are blocking the blessings or the people that are so jealous of people who are successful and, and making a lot of money. Your jealousy is blocking your blessings. So I think cleaning up your thoughts having the more pure intentions, but why not invite in? Oh my gosh, all of my needs are met. I'm, I have, and not even I am attracting, but say I have abundance or what's best for me is either already here or on its way. Hmm. So good. Kate, I, uh, I, I, I think it's impressive that you can say, I don't need all that money and you live in New York city. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well, again, I, I, I want to say, because it's, I think I'm thinking of my client who's just like, I don't need another help because at some yeah. point, why do we need to own 10 homes or have 10 Ferraris? And we do see that around us. I think for me, I'll say I welcome in that because when I read articles about someone, a business person who was able to donate $50 million to yeah. 
a, a charity or to help the animals or to help underprivileged youth. I'm all on board for that. And so I, I welcome in all of the abundance, knowing that for me, it doesn't mean a, a mansion. It means being able to help more people in a profound way. Yeah. And be able to invest in your business to be able to do that through that avenue as well. It's all part of the same larger thing. So that's Absolutely. great. Yeah. Well, Kate, I always wrap up these interviews with three questions about impact. Are you game to answer those? Oh, I love it. Let's do it. Okay. What's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? Mm, to be other focused and to focus on what you can give rather than what you can get. Mm, so good. Second question is, what's the one thing you've consistently done that's contributed to your success and impact the most? I've done the full spirit workout exercises for years. I do them every day. I think there's this misconception. If you reach a certain level of success or you write the book that you're good, you don't do the practices. I, I do the practices. I do the work, you know, when no one's looking, when it isn't cute or fun or sexy, when I'm grumpy, <laughs> when I'm tired, this is really important to me. I, I know what it's like to be in a dark place on every level. I'm not willing to go back there. And I think we all live in a world that can put us in that place uh, pretty quickly. So I choose to not only do it for myself, but to do it for the people around me and to show them how. Yeah. Well, by the, its very nature, practice means you keep doing it. It's not like a one and done. It's like, whew, thank goodness I finished that. And now you can go off and, and don't continue them. It's, it's a, such an important point. Well, the last question is, what's one piece of advice or an insight you'd share with someone who's saying, I want to have more impact. I want to, you know, do more of, of the kinds of things Kate's doing. What would you say to them? I would say, why do you want to have more impact? Mm. What would that mean to you? What would that mean for others? Why right now? Why is it important that you have impact right now? What does making or having an impact look and feel like for you? How will you know when you've made an impact? What are your success measures? And what will you do once you are in a position of making a big impact? Mm, such great questions. And I think that that last one, just to, to um, uh, address that, it's such an important thing to be considering because uh, having a kind of a nebulous vision is not going to take you where you need to go. That specificity. It's so great to encourage that. Thank you. Absolutely. I think that's why a lot of people, again, and I'm, I've been there too, right? So I, I, this is not like anyone is better or worse than anyone else. We've all been there. <laughs> We're all on the same page, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, some of us are doing the work more than others, but I think people do just say, well, I, I want to do this and well, okay, great. Why? And, and, and going deeper and deeper and deeper with the questions and really getting to the heart and soul and core of the why. And then you come up with a strategy and game plan. And then you might, you have to first define what it is and, and what it looks like. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Well, Kate, thank you so much for being here today. I'd love this conversation. Your full, full spirit workout is just full of 
practices that people can adopt working with themselves and and uh, your, your whole spirit um, really in uh, being able to have an impact in the world and be of service. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. I, I, I love being here with you. And I even love, I went to my high school was St. Ursula Academy. So I'm here with St. <laughs> Ursula, which wow. I love. I have to say, I love That's that so name. It's, it's, it's such a, a beautiful uh, memory for me. So thank oh. you so much. And thanks to your audience. It's just been my absolute joy and pleasure to be here with you. Great. Thank you. Well, if people want to buy your book or want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Sure. You can go to Kate Ekman, K-A-T-E-E-C-K-M-A-N.tv, like the tube that you watch, and the fullspiritworkout.com. And it's everywhere books are sold online and in stores. And I'd love to connect with you online. And, and please tell me that you listen to this conversation. And I'm also open to how I can help, how we can collaborate. And I really do enjoy being of service. So please do reach out. Oh, love that. Well, thank you, Kate. And thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Thanks for listening. Join me for more episodes. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and help us spread the word. Rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. To discover more about your impact, schedule a business impact assessment one-on-one with me, 60 minutes of focus on your and your company's impact and how you can increase it. Go to workalchemy.com slash BIA to schedule your business impact assessment. This podcast is produced on the traditional lands of the Cherokee, Tuscarora, Catawba, and Waccamaw Siouan people. 